Welcome to the Simply Authentic Podcast with Angie and Tanya, where we hope to inspire you to dream big and push past your fear, empower you to take charge of your own life, and challenge you to be the most authentic self you can be. Welcome back to the Simply Authentic Podcast. I'm Tanya Murphan. And I'm Angie Mullings. And today we have a guest in studio. Very excited to have Michelle Billions with us, owner of Coffee Ethic and Cherry Picker. So welcome, Michelle. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. an honor. Yes. Yeah. Excited. So why don't you just kick us off and tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from, Any anything you want to share with our listeners. Okay. Um, well, I am the fifth child of eight children, born and raised in a small little Catholic town in Garden Plain, Kansas. Okay. Um, I, uh, you know, basically was a, a very active kid. I think my mom just told us to all go outside and um, and play, and so I was very much into hanging out outside and very into sports and, um, you know, nature. Uh, mm-hmm. And so then basically, to make a long story short, I ended up going to school uh, in Western Kansas, Garden City Community College to play basketball there and volleyball and had a great time there, met a lot of amazing people. Um, had a little stint in Florida for a little while after that, where I went to school there and lived there for a minute and then came back to the Midwest. It was just calling me back uh-huh. and um, ended up graduating at Pitt State University in Pittsburgh, Kansas. Okay. So, um, and then, you know, met my late husband there and we ended up moving to Wyoming and, uh, I was a teacher there and my husband worked for, well, I also did work for fellowship Christian athletes. We kind of did it together, but he was full-time working for fellowship of Christian athletes. And so we were in Wyoming for seven years and then moved to Tucson and then we decided to start the coffee ethic. Gotcha. Okay. So, so how, why Springfield? How did you get here? Well, Springfield was such a great location because it was far enough away from family, but <laughs> like close enough to be able to visit. And, you know, and we just kind of, we, we knew a little enough about Springfield that we, we kind of had fond like memories of, of it. And, you know, being in Pittsburgh, Kansas, we not far. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also the partners who started the coffee ethic with us, they also worked for fellowship of Christian athletes, Jim oh. and Tina Hamilton. And they, their son went, son and daughter, I believe, went to school here at the College of the Ozarks. And so okay. they were like, you know, it's a great area. And so they were doing some some kind of research for us. And we were like doing like a distance, you know, research from Tucson and just decided this would be a great place to raise family, you know, our family and, right. and stay for a while. Mm-hmm. Right. And so here I am 16 years later. Sick. I love it here. Yeah. So what led you to open Coffee Ethic? Well, um, so, you know, occupation wise, we were just finding ourselves on a different path with, mm-hmm. um, the occupation of fellowship of Christian athletes. And we were just, you know, wanting something new. It, it, there were parts of it that were, uh, just taking us on a different spiritual journey. Um, and it, some of it felt like, Basically, that's the root of why we started that, because a lot of times in in that kind of industry or organization, you feel like there's an ulterior motive of like, I have to start these relationships with people so that they can, you know, get, get from point A to B, you know, and, and it felt a little bit disingenuous and like, um, it wasn't as fulfilling as it used to be. And so sure. it was like, let's, let's 
try something new. And so it was like, let's do a for-profit thing. Cause it was like, you know, mm-hmm. always a struggle to raise money and sure. whatnot. And I was, um, able to teach. And so we kind of shifted gears and thought, you know, my husband was really into the community surrounding coffee shops and like, you know, the Starbucks guy, you know, that guy, he, um, he talks about third place. And being like, not your work, not your home, but a third place where you can build community, you can learn about what's going on in your community, get to know people. And that really drew both of us in. And then there's an art and culture that goes along with that, that Mm -hmm. we just loved. And so we're just like, hey, we're not getting any younger. Uh Let's go for it. And so we talked with Jim and Tina. They were kind of already over here. And we started working together, formulating a business plan and getting that going. 2007. So 2007. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for our listeners who may not be familiar with either of your businesses, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the coffee ethic and cherry pickers and what, what okay. they can find there? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the coffee ethic, I'll start with that. Cause that started in 2007 and, um, the coffee ethic is a quote unquote, quote, third wave specialty coffee shop. And so it's a little bit different than the typical coffee shops it's, whereas it's, you know, uses direct trade, Uh, sourcing for the coffee and um, we aim to get to know the farmers and to Mm. honor their work um, because they do a lot of hard work and thought goes into how to plant the coffee beans to make it have a unique flavor much like wine there's a there's the soil Mm. content in the tour of the soil that gives the plant these certain unique flavors and so we wanted to bring that to the midwest to the to the coffee ethic Mm -hmm. and our whole mission was you know based around quality cup um the people for all the way from the farmers all the way to the customer that drinks the coffee to um earth and the earth part was a lot about let's take care of our earth while we're doing this let's Mm. consider you know not throwing everything in the landfill and Mm -hmm. like and that has always been a staple of our mission throughout and we're always trying to do better and be leaders in that in that way but so it's especially coffee shop but we also sell you know fruit smoothies and we have beer on tap and wine and cocktails coffee cocktails and we have made to order breakfast and mm-hmm. we have the same like high quality consistency with with anything we serve and hopefully the customer service also reflects that and so that's what the coffee ethic is um and let's see so then the cherry picker package and fair is mm-hmm. something that um my husband actually had just opened right before he passed with a friend of ours, Josh Widener. And, um, you know, I tease Josh that, you know, he didn't really sign up to, to be working with me, but now all of a sudden now he's, <laughs> he's working with me and he's been so awesome, generous and kind and fun to work with and has such great ideas. So the premise with Cherry Picker Package and Fair is it's, it's kind of a place where you can go in and get packaged liquor or wine and by the bottle and mm-hmm. you can get other things like that, like, you know, that you might want to take home and, and serve right away. And then, but also we share, or we uh, sell sandwiches and salads and breakfast items, bagels and, and whatnot, whatnot, and uh, everything's fresh and um, local, lot, as much as we can local. Sure. And, and, and it's a great little corner, Pickwick and Cherry, yeah, where there's yeah. all kinds of great uh, companies there, or businesses, Tie and Timber, Team Taco, yeah. Scully's, there's, there's tea bar and bites colleen's been there forever and yeah. and it's just such a cool little neighborhood vibe and so it is that's what that is it it's, really it's is. a lot of fun Love yeah it. yeah and so what year was that that cherry pickers 2016 okay i was wondering mm-hmm. how long it had yeah. been there yeah i love that little store and i met 
the couple times I've been down there and bought wine, I have met people there just start up a conversation and mm-hmm. there's always a commonality and met right. a guy that was buying some wine one night and he said, Oh, this is the only place I can get this. They order this for me. I'm like, well, now I need a bottle of that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I just wanted to give you a compliment there well, that it's a so great, much. yeah, a great place. It, it really is. For community. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so quaint and small yes. and mm-hmm. you kind of can't help but meet your neighbor, right? <laughs> if you yeah. sit in there, you, right. you have to. Right, right. Yeah. Um, you said a whole lot there that I want to dig into a little bit. But one thing is, I wasn't aware that it was sourced the way your coffee was sourced the way it is. Mm-hmm. Have you been to the farms where yes, your coffee comes from? Yes, I have okay. had such a great time. I got to go to uh, Colombia and met um, our farmer there that we use a lot, Rodrigo Sanchez. He has... Um, a, a lot of coffee that we put in our blends comes from him and different farms that he has. He has several. And what I love it, I won't go on about him as a farmer, <laughs> but he's amazing. Uh-huh. Um, and so I got to go to Colombia and then I recently went to Panama and Costa Rica and still working on getting that coffee here for you all to enjoy. Um, but then be- previously, you know, my husband went um, to El Salvador, Guatemala, um, Brazil, and, and then one of my well, managers went to Brazil and uh Honduras El Salvador so we've gone several times and you develop relationships and you can you don't always have to go every time but it's really nice to touch base and kind of see what they're doing now new new processes with the coffee and new farms and sometimes you can meet really like small farm and get a batched you know uh, a bit of coffee that is like really unique yeah and if you don't go you won't you don't really get that opportunity as much, I would say. Sure. Um, I mean, I'm no expert on all that, but I, I really do want to dive more into that part of it and and go more and source more and, and learn more about the farmers. Yeah. Makes sense. See how we can help too. Not yeah. that they always need our help. They don't. Um, but just collaborating yeah. on things to be for to, sure for us all to be better, you mm-hmm. know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So what has been your biggest struggles in either business or both businesses? Tell us what a hurdle has been. Okay, well, um, besides the fact that, you know, in 2016, I had to like, I wasn't really involved in our going, the the operations of the coffee ethic. Um, At that point, I was now, I was working another job in 2016 when that all happened. So that was a hurdle that, and I don't know if that's what you're talking about, but that was, the biggest hurdle that I've ever had to sure. tackle. So and for our listeners, your husband passed away. Yeah. In, unexpectedly didn't. Right. Correct. At 44, yeah. 2016. Um, and uh, yeah, it and so it was a huge shock. And just, you know, you dream about these things. And you think about, oh, that would be the worst thing that could ever happen. And that was like my reality. And yeah. it, was, it was just shocking and very uh hard to deal with with my children you know being so young and and whatnot and so you're just like kind of dealing with that and then you also have this business to run and deciding to keep it or not and all that and so that was the biggest hurdle I mean and if you want I can go into more detail on that I mean well I'm curious you were working another job so how how familiar were you with the businesses mm -hmm. at that point um, I was pretty familiar with the path in which the coffee ethic was going on and what we wanted to do and the brand and, you know, all of, and the mission mm-hmm. and everything. But the, it was the finances and the business plans and the day-to-day operations and like, you know, thing, things that you don't think about. And maybe some of the listeners right. like, you know, like I wish somebody would have said, oh, when you pay your, your liquor license, 
not only do you have to pay state and county and state, you have to pay all, you have to pay three of them, Um, you know, and I thought I paid it. And, you know, this is just one very practical example. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, oh, I paid that already. So I didn't even, I kind of disregarded because there's so much going on. Uh Right. The other ones that were sent to me, I was like, oh, I already paid that. And, and then it's like, no, you're late on, you know, your county fee, you know, licensing and all this. And, Little things like that that you wouldn't know mm-hmm. unless you're in involved, you know, day to day. So I didn't know a lot of the day to day, and I had mm-hmm. to kind of just dive into it. Granted, there's this, you know, my husband was a different brain and a different thinker than I am. I'm way more creative, abstract thinker, random thinker, and verbalizer, <laughs> and so he was much different. Uh, he tackled that differently. So uh-huh, I sure. just wanted to restructure all of that because, so it made sense for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was a big deal. That yeah. took me a long time yeah. to get that all figured out. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you, I guess my question is, what did you learn or how did you grow during that time? Were there things you said you had to change the day to day to make it make sense for you? Was there anything else that you had to tackle or, or handle during that time? And what did you learn from that? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, a lot of it was self, like inside of me mm-hmm. thinking like, okay, can I really do this? Afraid, you know, uh, that I couldn't do it and feeling Im- like I was an imposter in my own business mm-hmm. and, yeah. and like not knowing how to answer questions that people might you know, bring to me and feeling like inadequate mm-hmm. in, in the position. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing. And, and then there were things like that I had, that I felt like really, I couldn't go on unless I had a plan for like, relationships and culture within mm-hmm. the company. And I, I have had to learn the hard way on some things, you know, and I, I think the best, the biggest lesson I have learned is like, is to be completely transparent as much as you can. And I, I listened to a lot of Brene Brown during this time, mm-hmm. like leadership stuff and super helpful. And she has a quote called clear is kind and unclear is unkind. Mm-hmm. Um, and she mm-hmm. talks a lot about that and it really hit home. And um, I was also reading a book uh, that talked about business stuff and I was trying to rewrite the business plan. And there was, there was a whole topic on what they called issues. And, you know, you think of issues as like a negative. Mm-hmm. And um, and for a while I did think of that. And so whenever I had a conflict or something that I had to address with an employee or whatnot, I, I just got such anxiety and I just put it off and put it off until it just built up, built up. And that was not good. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Right. You know, and uh, it took me going to my therapist for a while. She says, well, why is it, a con- why does it have to be a conflict? And why can't it just be, you know, getting you guys in alignment again? And hmm. and I really took took that to heart. And mm-hmm. I try to preach that to my staff too. Is like we're out of alignment. Something's not going. Something's not, you know, on the tracks the right way. And you know, and so we just need to get back on the tracks. And mm-hmm. if you see it that way, and not as like this conflict that you have to resolve necessarily, it really helped me not be so anxious about. Um, confronting things, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was nice to get that plan in place. And to, now, and I've been doing that ever since, and it's been way better, way better. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of another, well, obviously COVID 20, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I don't even know how many years that lasted, but it's, <laughs> but anyway, Multiple. it's all a blur, but I mean, cool, cool kids on staff, they're adults, but 
I had a great staff and they, um, you know, we talked about trying to figure out how to get the coffee to the people since the Mm -hmm. people weren't coming to the, to going anywhere. And so we just used our social media and website platforms to develop ways to get the coffee. Um, I brought you guys some, some spice vanilla oat lattes and some ribbony and bottles. You're welcome. Um, and that was a significant part of us staying relevant and just staying top of mind for, for our audience and our, our customers. And we just went out in a van and we, we took orders through square, you know, real easy on the phone. We could take orders. We didn't even have to look at anyone. We could drop it off on the porch and they could pay us via the phone. And wow. We were off on our way, and they were happy drinking their caffeine and getting their caffeine and dealing with their kids and probably <laughs> educating them, you know, yeah. on the fly. I don't know, but um, and so that was really fun to do, and and it and we kept those bottles since, and we're really trying to develop that more. But um, that was a big thing, and then just you know being up to date on all the federal government. Uh, aid that was available you mm-hmm. know i mm-hmm. i was like all over that because i knew that i need to pay my employees yeah i didn't want them to leave um and so i i got all over that and i yeah. applied for everything i possibly could and received a good amount of aid that really i i wouldn't be still in, right. in business if it weren't for that yeah so those were the two significant things that happened during COVID that were difficult but I'm glad that you mentioned that you applied for all the aid, you Mm -hmm. got it, you used it in the right fashion, because I think that a lot of us heard all the negativism around people asking for the aid at that time and maybe receiving an abundant amount and, and maybe not using it for the right purposes. You know, there was a lot of that talk. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you sharing that part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's important for us to realize that, you know, there were a lot of people like your business who can't, you know, if your doors are shut, you're shut. There is no Mm -hmm. coffee being sold and Mm -hmm. and you have to reroute and figure out how you're going to sell the coffee. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. We wouldn't be in business if it weren't for the aid. Yeah. I'm so grateful for it. So... You know, something that we've heard kind of over and over again as we've been interviewing entrepreneurs, you know, we're three years, I guess, past COVID when it actually happened. But what we've learned is the people who started something new, adapted their business to fit a need during that time, they're still continuing to do today. I mean, you're still bottling your, you know, maybe that would have never come up had it not been for covid and in every adversity there's an opportunity right and so you mm-hmm. you found something mm-hmm. yeah so true i mean you have to adapt every mm-hmm. i mean i think every year you know even if it's not a you know major thing like covid i mean you it to keep it fresh mm-hmm. too for people right. they want right. to see that you're you know know what's new out there and, right. and you know are listening to the audience and just the world in general and right. so but yeah, it was really important to adapt, and it still is. And um, I'm just really thankful we have a staff that like is thinks, uh, you know, outside the box. And I mean, I try not to micromanage, and I try to right. listen to to my staff because they're all different ages, and they're a lot younger than me. And mm-hmm. and and I have kids who are like their age now, and mm-hmm. I I just think they have a lot to offer, and they do. Mm-hmm. They they end up making our business so much better. I mean. That's probably one of the best things that I could have ever done and have done mm-hmm. is to listen to them and let their ideas be seen 
to th- fruition, you know, to, to be played out and to aid them in that. And they've done some really cool things and will continue to do some really cool things. So yeah. do you think that that was part of your original business model, the collaborating with with your staff? And, and I know when, when you start a business, maybe that's not, you know, written in the plan, but were you collaborating with them when you opened was your husband? Mm-hmm. And then were you when you took it over in 2016? Was it part of your efforts already? I definitely think that was a thing yeah. that my husband Good. started. He was yeah. very open-minded and listened to, you know, and, and was like all about, Let, let's do this thing. You know, yeah. if you mm-hmm. think that in listening to it, and if it seemed valid and like a good idea, then yeah, he was very encouraging. I mean, I remember he let some, uh, one of our first baristas, Ian Van, Van Hover, I think is, um, he, he and a friend wanted to start a bagel sandwich company inside our shop as a separate oh, cool. entity. And we went, we went with it. It yeah. was the Brown Bag Bagel co- Bagel Company. I don't know if any of y'all remember that, but it, it was short lived. But I mean, it, but it was fantastic. Really good yeah. quality bagel sandwiches, Chicago style um, uh-huh. bagel sandwiches. Anyway, uh-huh. so that was one. That's a good example of how Tom yes. did that, and he he figured out a way to make it work and help them get their LLC on that and all that. Yeah. And then I mean, you know, the bottles are something that you know my stuff came up with. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, okay, let's let's do this. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, we can get the bottles here, and we, you know, we got the bottles from Mother's Brewing Company, and I still do it. right now. And I, that's just so fun, and yeah. I just love yeah. like heading on over there and seeing people that I know, you know, from Mothers, and yeah. and just knowing that it's a collaborative, cool, small uh, business thing is fun. Yeah. So, but yeah, listening to staff is just, and it gives them, you know, the the buy-in, you know, yes, and I like agree. feeling like right. they matter because they do. Agree. I yes. could, you know, yes. I mean, they do so like they're the most important part of the business and they're the, all the cogs that I need yes. to keep mm-hmm. this thing moving. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that's been really, fun. yeah, I love it. I think that's another thing that we've heard over and over again amongst the entrepreneurs that we've talked to is this idea of collaboration. I think the most successful people we've talked to have been people who are willing to listen to people on staff because, not all of our ideas as business owners are the greatest, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, if we want to be honest, we have some great ideas, but some of those ideas come from others. And I think it's it's a great testament. It's just, it seems to be another common theme. Agree. Yeah. That's cool to hear. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Do you find yourself or have you ever calling other local coffee companies or something unique like cherry pickers? Do you have other friends who own other businesses that you collaborate with? Um, I want to do more of that, um, and I th- I'm working on that a little yeah. bit more. Now that I feel like my head is above water yeah. a little bit after, like, six years, it's like, oh, you know, because you can learn so much from others. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, yes. I know that's something that I wish I would have done differently when I was starting in 2016 is, like, maybe reach out more to people who already have been through it and know how to right. do this thing. And then also just to know the the pain points that you, mm-hmm. you know you know there's something about I was just talking about this with my manager this morning that there is something comforting knowing that somebody else is going through the same thing Agreed. as you mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. agree like right. you could just you just feel comforted by that and and I think I want to reach out more but our coffee community um came 
it showed up for us big time when, when, you know, my husband passed and mm -hmm. like there were people from Kansas city that we've been friends with forever. And that showed up big time people in St. Louis and like a bunch of different coffee companies mm -hmm. that, you know, helped us out and donated roasted coffee because nice. nobody could roast during that time and, and yeah. whatnot. And so, but locally, you know, I, we've done a little bit with a couple of the companies, like we did a whole thing where we were trying to do a thing with Walmart. Uh, it, it's not, it di turned out not to be so great. Um, but we did, it, it enabled us to have to, I mean, we don't have time usually to like talk to one another and, right. and we, mm -hmm. we yeah. were kind of forced to communicate. It was really nice. It was right. like, Oh my gosh, we should do something together. And I'm planning a latte art competition where soon in September, where I want all of the, you know, all of the coffee shops from town, you can apply, a barista can come in and like get a ticket oh. and then they can compete oh, and you just have a good time. Sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. You make it goofy. And we used to do those in back in the day before COVID, the pre COVID times. Yeah. And uh -huh. so we want to have, we want to do that soon and have a little party and invite all the local coffee shops and Love their that. baristas to come in. And so that's something I am working on doing a little good. bit more of. So. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. What's it like to be a part of the downtown Springfield, Missouri community? Well, why don't you guys tell me what you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. We, we do a little episode called In the Neighborhood, and we were in the Coffee Ethic. This was we a started. few weeks ago. Yeah, and, okay, started um, there. Yeah, we started at the Coffee Ethic. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I love the atmosphere mm -hmm. of coffee places, yeah. of coffee shops. Well... In general, I do. But you can definitely get a different feel, uh -huh. just like any any place, any bar, any restaurant. You know, everybody's got their own atmosphere, right? So I really did enjoy being there, and I had tea, which is what Fantastic. I what I drink. Uh -huh. um, but we we loved being in there and seeing people come there to work, and so the vibe was cool. Like yeah. I said, I can't comment on the coffee. I'm sure it's wonderful. Coffee was amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I still love you, by the way. It's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, downtown, I absolutely love it down there. Um, it feels like it's not so big that you feel like a number or whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. you really right. do know people around and you right. see familiar faces. But what I love about it is there's a lot of different um it's so eclectic. Yes. Like you, you may never know. Uh, one day might be completely different than the next. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, you have to be on your toes and you, you, you'll see something you've never seen before. <laughs> I mean, you will and guaranteed it. And, and it's just, it just keeps you on your toes and you have to have, we have a pretty good attitude about it. And we, we see everyone that comes through our door and we mm -hmm. really work hard on being curious about them and what they're about and who, where they came from. And I got to tell you, we, we see all kinds, all ages, uh, races, you know, everything. Sure. It, and it, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And I, you know, it keeps me on my toes as I'm getting a little older, uh -huh. um, you know, and, and I can, I can, you know, be, what's the word, aware and yeah. not like blind to some of these things that yeah. are important to younger people and, right. and try to, and it helps that I have children that are in their 20s. But, you know, they're like, no, mom, this is what, why this is, and right. this is why it's important to us, and blah, blah, And I'm like, okay, well, if it's important to you, I can respect that, and mm -hmm. please have grace for me, because right. right. I may yeah. not do it correctly <laughs> all the time, but I'm trying, and right. I see the importance of it. And so right. I just love downtown. And, yeah. and everybody there is, you know, um, I mean, like the businesses and everybody are trying to really improve and, yeah. and do their best work, and, right. um, and there's, it's, 
a lot of independent, you mm-hmm. know, little restaurants and shops yes, that yeah. are like doing something so unique, which, you know, that's unfortunately some of those have, you know, gone out of business. And mm-hmm. I, yeah. I hate that because I think that's what makes Springfield, especially the downtown, so unique. Yeah. Right. And we don't have like an Olive Garden smack dab in the, or, you know, chains or whatever. Right. And, right. Right. And so you get a unique experience that mm-hmm. you won't get anywhere else. Yeah. Right. You know, so I love yeah. that about downtown. Yeah. Well, one thing I forgot to mention was your staff was great too. Very yes. informative, yes. very, very pleasant. So yes. I enjoyed that's being awesome. There. Absolutely. That's, yeah. I love hearing that. And I yeah. try to share that whenever I get a little thing online about yeah. how great they yeah. were. And I try to share it with them. Uh, they are fantastic. And yeah, yeah, I love them. Great. Yeah. So what's next? Anything coming up that you're working on? Well, um, there is a little, well, there's lots that we're working on with the coffee ethic. We're trying really hard to get, um, you know, those bottles or, or cans mm-hmm. of our drinks in your hands here locally everywhere. Mm-hmm. We're trying really hard to do that. Um, you know, this, whatever you want to call it, recession has not been fun yeah. lately. And so we're having to be like pause or delay some things, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, unfortunate, but um, still working on that. I mean, we have, we have a lot of plans in store for the coffee ethic. I'm very excited about that. We're getting ready to release our new website, which will be super duper duper Uh user-friendly and beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I, uh, because of my staff. Um, and so that's coming out very soon. Look for that in August. Um, and I think you will find like it, like one, two, three, I've got my coffee on my doorstep, you know, it should be super easy and quick and, Mm. and other things too. Um, and then the, the latest and greatest thing is, um, there's a comp- well, there's a business that Josh and I are involved in called Loose Goose, um, and it's going to be a coffee and cocktail drive-through situation over you know it's as part of the Grant Avenue oh, Parkway uh, cool. thing, and it's going to have six pickleball courts oh, on cool. on site yeah. and other games uh-huh. and outdoor activities, and it's going to be predominantly outside, but with some covered patio area and. And I'm super jazzed about that. I mean, it's like Josh is so good at all the cocktails. He owns Good Spirits and a bunch of other really Uh fantastic places downtown um, and in Springfield. And his expertise and his brother's expertise. And then I'm in charge of the coffee. And then Josh and I do really, uh, we collaborate very well on food. And we have the same mentality when it comes to quality and what we want and and so it's going to be exciting, and yeah, I'm, awesome. I'm pumped about having a drive-through yes. uh, for people early. Yeah. If you want to go grab a local, mm-hmm. some local coffee, you can instead yeah. of. Mm-hmm. I won't list all the other ones right. that aren't local, but <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of them right. popping up in Springfield, <laughs> and I'm sure they're great. Um, but I would love to be able to have that offering for people yeah. for uh-huh. a local coffee option drive-through. So that's exciting. It's Super called exciting. Loose, Loose Goose, Loose and it's Goose. we're going to break ground in. August and okay. hopefully open fall. Okay. So okay. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited. That's fun. Yeah. We'll take a day trip down there. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll meet you there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Well, we'd like to wrap up our podcast with a potential crazy real estate story that's happened in your lifetime. Do you have anything fun, funny, sad, scary <laughs> related to real estate? crazy real estate story oh i see i've only been in a few homes oh gosh um i'm trying to think 
crazy real estate story. Not everybody has one. Yeah. So if you've always had good experiences well, as our I day mean, job, we okay, I'll would appreciate this that. This is, this is a little, I hope this is okay for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so and when we were in Wyoming, there was a house that we really wanted to buy and it was like foreclosed and it was like, you know, you could tell they had like kind of messed it up i mean there was animals living in one area and it was really messy and and but we the price was right and we right. it was our first home right right and um i went to in one of the bathrooms mm-hmm. and i was like what is that in the vent that's interesting so i take the vent hood up or whatever the cover the grate and i look in there and lo and i pull out this what appeared to be a page out of a playboy magazine is okay. that okay for this podcast? Yes, yeah, it sure is. And I was like, oh, oh, that's interesting. Um, and, you know, we just laughed about it. And uh-huh. my husband, and it was like, oh, my God, I don't know what went on in this house. But it's, I'm, I'm, whatever it is, we got it. It's, it's a good price. And we did well in that house. It was, it was good. And foreclosures are always, they're always yep. uh, iffy. You never know what you're going to find. In never know. I didn't expect so. that. Yeah. Did not yeah. expect that. <laughs> Somebody hid that thinking no one would find it and yes. probably got it out often. Maybe. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm imagining. I didn't go there. I didn't go there. I just, <laughs> that's where my mind is, too. Oh, my. Well, that's okay. That's great. <laughs> well, thank you, Michelle, for this very entertaining conversation. We've, we've learned a lot, I think. So. Absolutely. And I'm anxious for Coffee Ethic, Cherry Pickers, and the Loose Goose. Mm-hmm to gain momentum through the years really excited yeah. thank you so much yeah. thanks for having me it's yeah been, been so thanks fun. for coming so fun you bet thanks for listening thanks for listening to the simply authentic podcast follow us on facebook and instagram be sure to listen to us on your favorite podcasting app